Hello and welcome to the Q York podcast. It's great to have you with us today and we hope that as you listen, you'll be inspired as we continue on our shared quest together. This podcast is entirely free and yet it's not cheap to put together and wouldn't be possible without the generosity of our supporters. So if you consider yourself a supporter of Q, then please head to qyork.co.uk and hit donate to show your support today because there really is no Q without you. Thank you and enjoy today's message. Hey everybody, was a little sudden this week to uh, hear that it may be as late as July 4th before we can start to think about coming together again as a community. Um, I don't like that, I wish it was different but uh, we just, um, we'll just accept it and get along with it and uh I will keep trying to give you some soul food as we go along the journey uh, that hopefully will help you. And uh, my prayer for you is that you will remain at peace and you'll remain strong and that fear and anxiety will not be um, will not be your portion, but uh, a sense of love and grace and a sense of faith that says um, I have the inner conviction that all will be well will uh, grip you and hold you and carry you through. Uh, if you are aware of any needs that have arisen during the uh, long time of this current lockdown uh, that you think it would be good for us to be aware of, please let us know because we can't action any help unless we actually know what it is that we're actioning our help towards. So please do that. Uh, also this week, please uh, bear in your heart and mind uh, Betty Wright and Debbie Unwin. And in whatever way you pray, please remember them and uh, send love and grace out to them. I'm sure that both of them would appreciate uh, some strength and healing at this time. Uh, There are some fabulous stories uh, in the Gospels, which in their context are much greater than their content. What I mean by that is that what they are saying goes way beyond the boundaries of the location and the time in which they occurred and which the words were spoken. Um, As I've often said to you, the story within the story, the message within the message. And uh, I think that, that when you can uncover what is the real inference of the event that is recorded it can be tremendously helpful to inspire us today because I believe that within these um, these fabulous stories that they are designed to inspire hope and an approach to life that is determined by a different consciousness. Uh, Paul calls this different consciousness which I think is a great phrase he calls it the law of the spirit of life. Now, uh, some of you might get a little worried that I use phrases like um, different consciousness because you might associate it more with some sense of, I don't know, new age guru uh, teaching. Well, um, I make absolutely no apology for using it. I think it's a great phrase. Uh, And I think for those who don't quite grasp or understand some biblical language or terminologies uh, that some of us have grown up with and become familiar with over our lifetime, I think some of these phrases are tremendously helpful. I think it's tremendously helpful to me. And I've grown up with these uh, 
church phrases. So for me, to understand the law of the spirit of life as a different consciousness is, is helpful to me. And uh, that's what Paul, I believe, was driving at when he calls uh, the law of the spirit of life. He's talking about this different consciousness and he contrasts it uh, with what he calls the law of sin and death. What he's really pointing out is that one, this different consciousness produces upward thrust. Who doesn't want that? Uh, as opposed to the other, this law of sin and death, which creates downward pressure. Now, I think for too much of our lives, we seem to be much more conscious of downward pressure than we do of upward thrust. And maybe what I talked about um, in my last message will help you if that choose to go back and have a listen. Um, <clears throat> but um, but what, um, what he's talking about here with the different consciousness, um, I, I believe that um, that different consciousness is about seeing with a different eye. It's about knowing from a deeper knowledge. It's about hearing from a different frequency. It's about feeling from a deeper being, which for me, that is all, if we had time to talk about, the mystery of the Christ. But if you can, if you can find this space and understand that this is where we can and should live, uh, you will begin to experience... Within that, this seeing with a different eye, knowing with the deeper knowledge, hearing from a different frequency, free feeling from a deeper being. And I hope the little story that I bring to you today uh, will help you to see that. S somehow the, the emerging communities that grew out of the grace-filled, religious system-shattering, life-releasing message of Jesus shifted from drawing people towards this different consciousness into being some kind of morality police. And I think that's become sadly most people's painful perception of the purpose of the church. And of course, that's then been superimposed upon the idea of the image of God. And then you wonder why people are resistant to, to the message that uh, the church is trying to communicate when it's come down this line. Uh, I wouldn't put all the blame there, but a gentleman by the name of Augustine, uh, way back in the 4th century, the 300s, um, started transitioning our understanding of this amazing organic message that was driving these followers of this man called Jesus, who they believe was God incarnate, uh, the word made flesh, and uh, were making some radical differences in the world um, particularly because of their love and kindness and generosity and joy. Um, along comes Augustine, and God forbid that there should be much joy after that, because he introduced these people to something that we uh, have, we call, because of him, original sin. The idea that we're all depraved, we're all, you know, our origination is evil and terrible and horrible. And then what came into that was that to fix that, the whole idea of, of of this this connection with God became transactional. Uh, if you do this, I'll do that, or I'll do this in order to get that from you. Not time to go into all that today would take too much time. We can talk about some of those things another time if you wish. But it became transactional, much more like like a legal thing of uh, prisoners standing before a judge, etc. Um, than a relational thing which was which was organic and was driven by an unconditional love 
that caused us to be aware of and sense and feel an incredible affection, which was nothing to do with works, um, but everything to do with, with, with the gift, with love, with kindness. Um, and, um, and, and so we, we got shifted away from that. And, and um, uh, my question would be, whenever did Jesus try to be the moral conscience of the people? That was not his purpose. And therefore, uh, these stories, these fabulous stories are not about, are not about morally policing our lives. They're more about, more about bringing hope, inspiring hope, um, and, and, and drawing us into a life that is determined by a different consciousness as we appreciate its presence and we allow ourselves to, to uh, not only be absorbed by it, but allow it to come out from us. Um, and and this, this story I wanted to bring you to is, is uh, in, in, in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 17. It's just three or four verses, but <clears throat> the story is that uh, um, uh, taxes had become due. Now, you know, that's not a happy time for, for anybody. Taxes had become due. And uh, the issue is that uh, they did not have the resources to, to meet the challenge with which they had been presented. So the story is more than just about paying your taxes. It's about having the resources to meet the challenge with which you have become presented. And so... In this story, it's about the temple tax being due and this conversation, particularly between Peter and Jesus. And, um, and Peter's getting all anxious and, and fussed and afraid because he's thinking in this current situation, I, we don't have what we need to come through it. Um, and so Jesus says something to him. He says, I want you to go down to the lake and throw out your line, your hook, not, not a net, specifically a line, a hook, uh, and take the first fish that you catch, open its mouth, and you'll find a four drachma coin in its mouth, which will be enough for you to take and give to the authorities for your taxes and mine. Now, uh, I don't know what happened to the other disciples' taxes. It's like, this is not your day, boys. Go and find your own stuff. I don't know, you know. Um, but anyway, Peter was pretty happy. Uh, so I hope that you're Peter today. Peter was pretty happy because he was part of this uh, unfolding story that was inspiring hope and and showing what happens in a life determined by a different consciousness. But when you think about this story, and this is the way my brain works, it's not just about Peter go catch a fish because my question would be, how did the coin get in the mouth of the fish that Peter caught on that day and so you would have to backwork the story and say somehow somewhere at some time on the lake somebody had had a coin in the fold of a in the fold of a a, a smock uh, in 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 a torn money purse i don't know in some kind of pocket um, I don't know, maybe somebody threw a coin in for good luck. I don't know, it would seem a pretty expensive way to get good luck. But somehow, at some time, prior to all of this happening, a coin had to fall in the lake. Now, this is not, this is not ma being magicked into the mouth of the fish. The fish has swallowed the coin. Where did the coin come from? It somehow got in the lake. 
and somehow in the lake, whether it was from the lake bed or whether it was when the coin was falling, the attraction of the, of the, of the coin flashing, a fish swallows the coin. And a fish swims round with this coin among all the other fish in this lake until the point that Peter turns up on the seashore with his fishing rod and his line and he hooks the fish that happens to have the coin in its mouth that happens to be in that moment in the very location where Peter chooses to go and fish and happens to be the fish that bites the bait on the hook and gets hooked on the hook and happens to be the one that Peter needs that when he opens the, the fish up he finds the coin uh, in the fish's mouth. The probability and possibilities of, uh, of this occurring are just um, incredibly, um, incredibly optimistic. And yet, and yet it happened. The, the, the story being that before Peter ever needed what he needed to be able to deal with the situation that he was now facing, other stuff was happening in order to facilitate a moment that if Peter grabbed that moment would resolve the issue that he was facing, even though the answer to that issue had not begun in that moment. The money was not magicked into the mouth of the fish. If it was magic money, then the story would have said, and Jesus said, look, Peter, and, and suddenly from behind Peter's ear, there, just like any magician, Jesus produces the coin. It would have worked like that. But why didn't it work like that? Because the story was, before you ever need what it is that you need in order to meet the challenge that you are facing, the provision for that has already occurred somewhere in the flow of the universe, in the flow of all things. It has happened before you ever need it. So the challenge becomes not, not are those answers and provisions there? The challenge becomes how do I meet them in that moment on my seashore with my hook, with my line? Uh, some of it has to be to do with, with Peter, in spite of his fear, his willingness to be nudged. Uh, the nudge that sent him down to that seashore at that time with his rod and with his hook. I call those nudges. Now, of course, you know, it's not going to be that you're going to get a nudge to go down the local river or whatever. And, uh, you know, that's highly unlikely. But but what about the nudges? You see, see, the whole thing is when we become open to and willing to receive this law of the spirit of life, this different consciousness, then we begin to see with a different eye. We begin to know from a deeper knowledge. We begin to hear from a different frequency. We begin to feel from a deeper being. And, and, and all of a sudden we have those experiences that in our terminology we would say you were in the right place at the right time. Now, I think we've all had those moments, but my view is that those moments are much more possible and much more attainable than we have dared to dream and imagine when we get into sync with this whole flow of the goodness of God, 
within the within the within the realm of humanity, the unseen within the realm of matter, the quantum physicists call it possibilities or prob. Uh, um, yeah, they, they call it the quantum physicists call it um, potentiality. That's the word I was looking for. The Bible calls it possibility, but potentiality and possibility are the same thing. It doesn't mean inevitability. But it means there's this potential. So how do we, whether it's on a quantum level, as a physicist studying studying the um, uh, you know particles, or whether it's us in our real big life, matter life, doing things, there is within it all a potentiality and a possibility that we need to get a hold of, and it comes from our willingness to make the shift into this into this law of the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus. Now, um, uh, the great miracle then for me is, is the bringing of Peter and the coin together. That's more of a miracle to me than the coin. It's the bringing of those two together. Could Peter have done anything to make this happen other than go fish? Absolutely not. Uh, what did he have to do? He had to go fish. He had to go fish with some sense of faith and belief that stuff had happened and was happening and would happen that before he ever arrived at this place would resource him to be able to deal with what it was that, that he was dealing with. There is stuff already happening and we just have to be in the place to meet it. We have to learn to trust the nudges. Now, a little personal story uh, before I wrap this up. I could give you loads and I'm, I'm no great icon of spirituality. Um, no great guru, but uh, I have... Uh, tried to learn to live my life with these nudges. I've tried to learn to live in this space that I've found, you know, through my faith in Christ and, and what the Christ miracle is and who the Christ is, of this seeing with a different eye and knowing from a deeper knowledge and hearing from a different frequency and feeling from a, a different being. <coughs> and uh, I've never caught a fish with a coin in its mouth. I've had some other incredible stories. I could I could keep here for a long time with those uh, but just just one thing of where these things come together. We uh, felt felt some time ago that we we had a work to do in Salt Lake City in Utah in the USA, and um, you know leaving aside many of those details, when I was uh, over there wondering what we should do next, I had this this inner inspiration, a bit like the go and fish to put an address in the sat-nav on my car and I put a random address in and uh, um, when I arrived at where that random address was, which was in, in, in Murray, which is a, 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 a township that's part of the Greater Salt Lake Valley, uh, but south of Salt Lake, um, when I put that in and arrived, and, and remember I'd asked, what should we do next? When I looked out the windscreen of the car, uh, windshield to Americans. Um, there in huge letters on the side of this apartment building, because I'd stopped right outside of an apartment building, it said, uh, live here. Uh, interesting. So I went in the office and said, uh, you know, can I have a look at a show apartment? So the lady very kindly took me and showed me the show apartment. And uh, lo and behold, uh, when we came out, I found out that the name of the show apartment was York. Well, you know, those of you who know me, I live in York. I've lived in York, UK most of my life. Q Church is in York. Uh, so what are the chances 
of being in a township in Utah uh, in the USA and not only finding that from putting the random address in the sat-nav, uh, you've seen the words live here, but actually the apartment that you're shown, uh, having the very name of the city that you've come from that locates it with you and to you and for you. And, and that in itself would have been amazing. But then I was given a certain code. I won't tell you why and what it was for, because you could use that information, uh, um, you know, for monkey business. Um, but that code was amazing because having having seen the words live here, having uh, the apartment name being York, you know, like you name different house um, uh, building structures and show houses by different names. You want this style and type. That's what this was. Um, but when I was given this code, this code was my PIN number that I have had since pin numbers first came out, that the chances of all those three things coming together um, were very small, but there was a possibility uh, and a potentiality. And a bit like this story that's designed to bring us a sense of hope uh, and to, to approach life f determined by this different consciousness, uh, from that position, um, this was my fish. This was my coin in the fish's mouth. This was this was an indicator. This this met the challenge that I was facing at that particular time. I could tell you many many more stories of this, except that what I want to say to you today is that in your life there is stuff already happening. It's been happening. It is happening. Um, that's just like the coin in the fish's mouth. Uh, 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 you just have to be in the place to meet it. Now, now, if we make that difficult and say, you know, well, oh, I'm, I feel so uh, condemned and anxious and how do I get there? It's a lot more simple. Just submit yourself to, to being willing to live in this realm of this different consciousness that has been released to all humanity by the Spirit of Christ and uh, you will begin to have collision points with this unfolding of destiny. Uh, and in it, hopefully, you will also learn to trust the nudges because your fish is there. You just got to believe it and be willing to take the steps that are necessary just to put yourself in the right place, in the right frame, so that these things can begin to become a manifest reality for you. And I pray that this will be your portion today. So just uh, six things before I go at this time, just to drop into you. Number one, worry never robs today of, it, of tomorrow of its problems. It only robs today of its joy. Number two, worry is a thin stream of fear trickling through the mind. If encouraged, it cuts the channel into which all of the thoughts are drained. Number three, if you treat every situation as a life and death matter, you'll die a lot of times. Number four, worry is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but never gets you anywhere. Number five, the reason why worry kills more people than work is that more people worry than work. And number six, every tomorrow has two handles. We can take hold of it with the handle of anxiety or with the handle of faith. And I pray today you will get a hold of it with the handle of faith. Remember, faith is the inner conviction 
that all will be well. It will guide you to the fish on the seashore that has the coin in its mouth that brings the hope into your life because now you've learned through Christ to live in a realm of a different consciousness. Bless you. We'll catch you again at the weekend. Thanks for listening to another Q York podcast. If you've been inspired by what you've heard today, then why not email us at info at qyork.co.uk and let us know who you are and where you're listening from. We love that you're listening to us and we'd love to hear from you too. Did you know you can also watch all of the talks from Q on our YouTube channel? Just go to youtube.com forward slash qchurchyork. We look forward to having you with us again soon. Until then, enjoy the quest. <laughs>